Hey guys, you're listening to the Blackjack Apprenticeship Podcast from blackjackapprenticeship.com. This is Colin, and we are here with Loudon Often. <laughs> Loudon uh, writes writes for us and has uh, played blackjack with us uh, for years, played blackjack on his own, and has the reputation. At one point, he was the most feared card counter in Vegas. I think it was most notorious. Most notorious, okay. That was a Griffin book. That, that's what's in the Griffin book. There we go. Um, and he's also, um, as far as people, I know he's the winningest card counter that, that I've played blackjack with. I don't think I'm too far behind you, but <laughs> I don't, uh, don't want to let you get there. At, at this point, I don't, I don't have too much hope that I'm going to catch up to you either. Anyway, we're here to talk about uh, planning trips and how to have a successful blackjack trip and what uh, you need to not have a failed trip. At, at one point, Loudon was responsible for our team trip planning, right. which, which meant he'd played more blackjack than anyone, he'd traveled more than anyone, and he had a knack for having a plan B, plan C, or whatever. So why don't you tell us a little <laughs> bit about planning a successful trip. Yeah, well, it's funny because my work history is that I'm I'm a procrastinator and an avoider and all these other things. But when it came to blackjack and my blackjack career, I was so there was something that triggered in me that I <laughs> I, I was I was so efficient and so like dutiful and yeah. <clears throat> so the way that I worked, my work schedule was such that a trip for me meant um well, during the week, I was sort of stay-at-home dad while my wife was at work. Yeah. And then when the weekend came, it was my time to work. And I I did that every other weekend. So essentially, I had two weekends a month that represented my whole month of work. Yeah. So for me, on a weekend, I wanted to get 20 hours of work in. To me, yeah. that, was, that represented two weeks of pay. So I hit the ground running. Um, my I tended to fly out on a Thursday night and uh, fly home on a Sunday morning, and in between that I would get twenty hours of play, and that sometimes included you know driving great distances and all this stuff. But it was all about um, you know getting cheap airfare. Uh, it was all about uh, packing light, so you're not checking a bag; you're taking it carry on. You can roll right off of the plane. Yeah, um, I would, um, you know, have my car rented in advance, uh, get the cheap deal. You don't have to wait in line, and I would pick the companies that have the computer monitors uh-huh. there in the terminal, so I wouldn't have to wait in a line. Just go up to the thing, print out my ticket, and I'll be on my way. Uh, so it was all about thinking about efficiency of time and you know what would get me in any because 20 minutes of extra play at the table represented a lot of money it represented a lot of money for the team represented a lot of my income totally so if i could save 20 minutes here or there it was it was huge so those are the kinds of things that i was did did you read that um blog post by richard munchkin about about what a trip looks like I don't think I have. Tell okay. me about it. I, well, <clears throat> I saw this a, a few months ago, and I actually um, called him and told him, like, dude, that's like, there aren't a lot of people in the world that can relate, but it, it just, it would strike home with you or me or, you know, people that have done this for a living. But it was just talking about, most people think, you know, as a professional gambler that it looks like this, and I show up in my limousine and, right. and you know, 
He said, this is what it actually looks like. And it's like, uh, wake up at three in the morning to catch my red eye flight and show up. And, you know, uh, on the airplane, I'm brushing up on some numbers because I'm going to be playing a game I haven't played in a while. And, right. And, uh, you know, driving. Once I arrive, it's it's not a, a normal airport. It's in the middle of nowhere. And then I've got a three-hour drive. And I show up and... It turns out they've got the games closed when I show up, and so then it's on to the next place. And you know, we, but anyway, it was just that uh, I feel like for for us, what you can completely relate to in this this weird world of of uh, you know, we played we considered full time for our team to be forty hours a month, uh, not forty right. hours a week, but but that means forty hours at the table, right. And, uh, you know, you can understand the the difference there. Yeah. Well, and, you know, people think that if you're a high stakes gambler, you're rolling, you're pimp style, you're, you know, flying first class and taking limos and all this stuff. And in the world of a, it's such an interesting world because it's feast or famine in the sense that it's only feast when the casino is paying for it. Yeah. And otherwise it's famine because as a card counter, you're a number cruncher. You're like, you know what an edge means you know yes about what a very slight edge in your favor means so you know why would you pay an extra two hundred dollars to fly you know to get some extra peanuts and a you know glass of wine when you could save 200 bucks you know that's how a card counter thinks so it's you know it's it's funny to travel with you know tens of thousands of dollars and be uh turning down the 29.99 motel yeah. for the 1999 motel yeah uh so that's that's sort of the mindset that goes behind it i remember um hearing one of the one of the guys that ran the mit team how he was notorious for only wanting to eat buffets because then you don't have to tip um and and people uh when they heard that i remember some people being like oh, i can't what a cheapskate i can't believe it. i'm like i totally i can totally relate where cocktail waitress comes by and I think no I don't even want to ask her for a water because I'm such a cheapskate I don't want to pay the couple of bucks because I just got a drink 15 minutes ago I don't, I don't <laughs> want to spend another two dollars this 15 minutes well and I I was always buffet like they would say you know you want to comp for dinner do you want the steakhouse or the buffet and I would always choose the buffet because the steakhouse would take yeah. time to get seated, time for the waiter to come. All oh, the, it's yeah. like all this luxurious waiting around time that I don't have time for. Absolutely. So buffet, I could be in and out in ten minutes and slam home some, you know, totally <laughs> fries and a steak or whatever it was, and uh, be back at the tables. Uh, yeah, efficiency of time. I, I had a system down at a. Um, I don't want to say the name, but a place that I used to play at about uh, about two days a week for a couple of years. Um, and they had an awesome fine dining, but it would take about two hours to eat there. So maybe once every couple months, my wife and I would go there and we'd usually bring, you know, some family with us or something to enjoy this experience. But it was it was a two hour ordeal. Well, when I'd go to play two days a week, I had a system down. I'd go play for about four hours, and then I'd get my comp, and they'd give me the same. I'd ask for a fine dining comp, and they'd just write it for 100 bucks or 200 bucks or whatever. Right. But I wouldn't go to fine dining. I'd go to the deli, and I'd get my $5 pizza. Oh, and, yeah. 
And uh, I would get the rest, you know, I couldn't even use the full $100, but I'd get $40, $50 worth of energy drinks and and (laughs) cases of water. And I'd fill them up, muffins, donuts, whatever that I'd bring home, stock the fridge. Like I'd carry them to my car, stock the fridge, and come back and play another, you know, three, four hours. To me, it was like, I love having in the fridge waters and energy drinks and you know starbucks frappuccinos and muffins and donuts for when friends come over so why am i going to go spend two hours in the fine dining when i can spend 15 minutes fill up fill up the car and get back to work oh yeah man just just the uh the topic of breakfast uh on a trip was always it, it was an interesting one because it's it can be such a time killer. Like, yeah, it, I always tried to find a way to avoid breakfast, and it, you know, you either get the the a lot of motels have the uh, what they call a continental breakfast, which used to be pretty crappy, but these days it sometimes it includes those little waffle irons yeah. and sometimes biscuits and gravy if you're in yeah. the south, and you know, plenty of like bananas and muffins, and it's perfect because it's five minutes. You grab it on your way out to the car, and you're eating, you know, on your way to the casino, uh, or you you know. Uh, figure out something else but I always hated the idea of I'm hungry I've checked out of my motel I need to get all this food go sit down at a restaurant and order at Denny's or whatever I I hated that I always yeah. wanted to cut that corner uh, so it's it was all about cutting corners to get maximum time at the tables yeah so I don't know maybe I maybe you know it's it, a trip starts with, uh, you know, cheap travel there, efficient travel, packing light, no uh, checked bags, uh, and easy access to rental car, whatever, hit the ground running. Yeah. Um, but when I would go, I'd fly out on a Thursday night, and my goal for that night would be play until I cannot play anymore. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I'd go till 3 or 4 in the morning, uh, get a good 3 or 4 hours uh, in what was essentially a half day. I mean, I'm flying at night and still getting three or four hours of play. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and that always put my trip on a good foot because then, you know, the next two days, if I can get, you know, eight hours each day, then I've hit my 20-hour mark. So how would you know what what your plan of attack was, Casino? You know, would you just show up and say, oh, well, I'm going to, right. uh, you know, Toledo and... And uh, they've got this casino there, so I'll play this casino four hours the first night and eight hours the next <laughs> two days. And, and yeah, then, no. Uh, so it, it would it would be specific to the region, uh, it, and so the first thing I would do would map be map out the casinos. And usually, because I'd be flying in on a Thursday night and have limited time, I'd I'd want to hit the casino closest to the airport. Uh, but these things are all changing because I would I would check the conditions on casinos and if a casino was really heat sensitive or tended to flyer people then that would yeah. be the last one on my list because I don't mind getting flyered I just want it to be the last one yeah. on my way out of town and just so me. just so people have an idea um, you know I, a little bit of what we're talking about might be unique to kind of the the limits we were playing what. Um, what were you betting on a trip? Uh, I would, you know, a true one would be two hands of five hundred bucks, uh, and there would, would a max bet be max bet would be two by two thousand, sometimes two by three thousand. Yeah. So, so with with those limits, we were definitely dealing with because I remember, you know, probably my first six months, we didn't break a hundred dollars. 
maybe two, right. maybe two spots of a hundred dollars. I think that was our max bet for our first six six months, um, and that was you know full time. Um, and it took me I don't know how many months before I got my first first back off. It's a little bit different story when you're betting the kind of money we were betting when we had our you know. But I've done plenty of trips where you know there are a lot of regions where you you don't see more than a five hundred dollar yeah. max. So I do I did plenty of trips where I was betting two by five hundred as my yeah. max. But definitely the the point would be you got to know what conditions to expect, what your options are, what the rules are going to be at the casinos you're going to. What the reports are, what people have said, you know, this yeah. is my experience there, really recent experience yeah. is great. And what the drive times are and how many casinos are in the region and what's your plan B? You know, if if you get flyered to the first five casinos, what are you going to do? Is your yeah. trip a ruin or is, yeah. there, is there a backup plan? Can you drive six hours and hit another region? And, the, you know, I remember the first year of, of our team, we had people going around the country and we had no idea what to expect, <laughs> um, especially Vegas, you know, because Ben and I had been on... Probably we'd been on half a dozen trips to Vegas, but um, with the limits we were playing, we would just play the strip or we'd pull an all-nighter in downtown or whatever. It was a whole different story when we had, you know, 10, 15, 20 people on the team and people are on their 20th trip to Vegas and they're, they're right. uh, you know, visiting Lucky Club um, and trying to find out. I guess my point is that we started to know what shifts to play, what shifts not to play and um, what casinos to completely avoid in a region. And, and we had, you know, we had our whole team website that was devoted to adding all the information. We started to put that on the blackjack apprenticeship forum more recently because, you know, we're, we're not, if, if people on our team are still playing full time, you know, we're okay with sharing that stuff at this point, but you know, knowing what to expect that was so huge. We had a lot more volatile trips that first year than, you know, years two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there were, there are some trips where I didn't, there was no plan B there. It's this number of casinos. And if you run out, then you run out and, you know, I ran out or whatever. Uh, there are, you know, even after six years of playing, there are regions that I've never played, um, for one reason or another, either, either travel was never cheap enough for me to make it to call it worthwhile or i'd heard bad reports and just didn't want to risk it because there was no plan b yeah uh and you know maybe people had gone and said oh this place is rotten but i had the opposite experience too uh i remember running into a another card counter on our team in a region a certain specific region and he was on his way out and i was on my way in and he was like, this place is horrible. It's rotten. Turn around. Go back. Uh-huh. There's nothing here for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and I want to take a quick moment and talk about the Blackjack Apprenticeship membership. If you haven't checked it out, you really don't know what you're missing. There is everything you need to train, find community, and get the tools you need as a card counter. 
There's a test out drill in the training suite. And if you aren't testing your skills regularly, you really shouldn't be playing a casino. There's an entire video course that covers the basics all the way to more advanced stuff like cover, team play, casino relations. There's betting software, a forum, a chat room with regional chat rooms to meet with local APs, as well as results tracking software and members only podcasts. So check it out at blackjackapprenticeship.com. And again, my defiant, I'm going to prove myself nature came up and reared its head. And I was like, no, I'm going to make this place (laughs) awesome just because you said it wasn't worth playing. I remember that was New York Dave, right? Yeah. (laughs) I remember you getting a phone call that what's going on here? You know, I'm here from New York and then someone else is here from Seattle and we're at the same like, well, well, what are the what are the odds, man? And that 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 was a failed session because I I called him in in his session at this casino that I'd showed up at, and he he stepped off and talked to me on the phone, and we both talked for you know fifteen minutes and sort of sorted uh-huh. out our plan, our immediate plan. Yeah. But then as soon as the phone call was done, we both got backed off. Oh. <laughs> so they they picked us off. That's pretty funny. Yeah, uh, but it it turned out you know it was like I. Um, I attacked the place that he said was unattackable and found a way to make it playable, which was fun to do. Um, because I feel like there's always a way to sort of duck the odds or duck the report yeah. or you, to find the loopholes or the cracks. Yeah. And, you know, the interesting thing about reports, if you rely on reports, you know, there will be a casino that maybe for years it said this place is so much heat avoid it and the truth is that people are avoiding it because of that report and if so then i guarantee you that the the totally that everything that they're reporting has has slackened because it's a moving target these things are changing all the time people are getting hired and fired and you know if they're not seeing card counters then they're not they're going to stop looking for card counters in yeah. the same way. So I, I have people that ask me through the site, you know, what what should I expect here, or or how do I play so I don't get backed off, or you know, something like that. And I, the, the, I say the one thing that I know about casinos is that you can't know what to expect. That we've our team would go through multiple cycles of casinos where a casino is playable and then it's unplayable, and then. One guy leaves the casino and it's better than it was even before. And now, you know, two years later, it's not very good. And, you know, we, we back off it for a while. But, you know, you just can't know really what to expect. That's why one of the things I liked to do was um, to go on trips where I would check out regions and have very low expectations. Um, but then I just try places, places no one had ever been to or places people had been to and just try it with a different approach. Um, mm-hmm. And some of it, I don't want to get into too much specifics, but but how I might try my, my bet spreads or things like that and have low expectations. But man, if I find a place where I'm getting good play, I'm flying back there, you know, a couple of weeks later and I'm playing a longer trip. And, you right. know, just you got to capitalize <clears throat> on those places that are gold mines. Yeah, no, I agree, man. Uh, I, I, there are so many surprises, and even Vegas itself. I felt like I went through a season of thinking, okay, well, I'm washed up here. Yeah. It's over, and then I started to sort of crack my own logic yeah. and realize that there are inroads to my own inroads, yeah. um, and there are ways to you know find new 
uh, ways to beat games. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of turnover in the industry. Absolutely. Yeah, even even uh, the last time I was at Bellagio, I, I had a um, casino manager come down and, and say ask if I was someone else that hadn't been on our team for like four or five years. But it, it's just funny, you know, how personnel changes and a place that I've been backed off in Vegas three times before, I can have a great session at, you know. And people people say, well, casinos, they back you off. You can't really count cards anymore. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Do you know how many casinos there are? And and do you know how many hours I've played at casinos that backed me off, you know, six years ago? How much EV yeah. I've generated? Yeah, and you have a lot of things in your advantage. When you're going on a trip and going to a region, uh, you have shift change, which means all the faces uh, and eyes in the casino change. Uh, yeah. I would bring different looks. Uh, uh, Master of disguise. Well, it, it, it really wasn't because I wasn't checking baggage, so I wasn't doing makeup and fake noses and things like that. Yeah. I was just putting on a different hat, make him think I'm a different sort of dude, right? Yeah. So if I was kind of a fratty dude before, and then I'm a golfer dad dude, yeah. I mean, it's just hard to connect those guys together. So that was the thing, is I would just sort of create a, a, a character type uh -huh. that would be unremarkable, but unconnectable to the other character type. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it, and I would have to do it packing really light. So, uh, you know, it's about hats and glasses. And I would, on a trip, my thing that I would do is I would go with max facial hair and then sort of start to slowly shave it uh -huh. off in different ways <laughs> as the trip went on. So it went from, you know, full beard to uh, goatee to yucky mustache to, yeah. you know, uh, clean shaven uh and that even became kind of a thing for our, we'd have these, and you can see it in the documentary, Holy Rollers, that, that we would do these um, once every three or four months, we'd have a team-wide retest. And people people that have seen the documentary say, oh, well, they had to you know change up disguises to play these casinos. But for us, it was much more about, like, what's the most ridiculous disguise? Like, how do I outdo everyone else there? And it's pretty amazing that people that you work with that you see all the time that you can you can not even recognize them walking right past them if if they're dressed in a way that's not what you're expecting. Yeah, you know, it's it, like you're projecting this different energy. It's just, yeah, it, it just shows you know a casino there if they've you know seen you once before and you look a certain way. It's it's pretty you know uh, amazing how differently you can come across if, if you just uh, go with a different a different feel or a different vibe. Uh, <clears throat> speaking of trips and trip planning, I want to tell one crazy story, which yeah. is, you know, in, in looking to cut corners, uh, one time I was looking for a cheap flight uh, and I was trading, trying to get down into the Southwest. And the cheapest flight had me on a crazy layover in, uh -huh. in Las Vegas. And... Uh, it it just so happened because it was the cheapest flight, and it was like, oh man, what am I going to do for, you know, six hours in Las Vegas? Well, wait a <laughs> minute, <laughs> why don't? Because this was at a time when I felt like I was pretty burned out in Las Vegas. Yeah. So it was it was kind of perfect. I rented a car for like twelve bucks. Yeah. For like four or five hours, 
and uh, I went around and hit all these places really hard, knowing that do you know do whatever yeah. you want to be because I'm I'm catching my flight down to the southwest in a couple hours. Uh, and I thought that was a happy accident because it yeah. gave me it gave me a really cheap flight and it gave me another region to hit in the middle of my in, in middle of my uh, Southwest adventure. So I remember another uh, another person on our team would plan their trips intentionally. They would fly. I think it was Southwest would have would always go through Chicago and they would intentionally plan their trips for these inconvenient you know, 12 hour layovers in Chicago because, because they're saying, Oh, well I'm going to, you know, fly East coast to West coast for a trip or West coast to East coast for a trip. Um, but I'll get this cheap flight because it's got a 12 hour layover in Chicago. And that's just enough time to get, you know, six, eight hours in, in Chicago. And it, it basically could combine a mini trip in the middle of their cross country trip. Right. And you tend to, with those, you tend to just go all out because your time's limited anyway. So why not? Yeah, that's good. Uh, you know, we, we could also talk about driving trips. Uh, uh, you've done several of those. But if you, live in a, if you live in a place where there are casinos, you know, along the way from spot A to spot B, yeah. um, you know, we did plenty of those uh, driving all over a state. Or you know, driving from one state to another, flying to an airport, and uh, flying into one airport in one state, and flying yep. out of another airport in another state, and getting a one-way rental. Absolutely, just hitting all the casinos along the way. Yeah, for for me, you know, I remember being 18 years old and driving, you know, two states away to college for the first time, and it was fun and exciting. And you know, I don't care if I sleep in the car and you know eat fast food the whole way. That's that's an adventure. So the thought, you know, over the last seven, eight years of, you know what, I want to check out a bunch of these casinos that I've never been to and there's very limited reports on, um, or I've heard good things about, but I can't justify a trip to one place in the middle of, you know, one state. But if I string together all these casinos and, you know, visit some friends, family along the way, those have been for me, some of the most, the most fun, fun trips to string these places together and and then all my hopes aren't based on one you know little region or city yeah (laughs) absolutely what else do we need to talk about trip planning (laughs) i think that about uh, we could probably after we're done recording think of 20 other valuable things you have any closing well man i i remember because the goal was always you know go as cheap as possible but also you know, preserve time at the tables. So I remember there were times when I would end up getting the more expensive room because somehow it would translate into, you know, an extra hour at the table if I didn't have to drive, you know, 30 or 40 minutes each way to get to the cheap motel. Then I had, then it's a guessing game of like, you know, if I'm going to spend an hour round trip to get the $20 motel, shouldn't I just get the, you know, $50 on the reservation motel and, you know, get an extra two hours in. Yeah. Get an extra few hours in. I guess I'm a little embarrassed to, to say the extremes of our cheapness, but for Ben and I, you know, one of the things that we would do is, um, you know, around two, three in the morning, we'd start calling hotels and say, well, what kind time can we check in for the next day? So, (laughs) You know, like, oh, well, 
um, you know, people check out at this at 8 a.m. Say, well, can we check into a room at 8 a.m. and it'll be for you know the next right. for, the, for the next day. So basically, then if you we need two nights of sleep exactly. for the price of one. <laughs> so so we'd find one of these places, you know, <laughs> and we we would uh, play and we'd you know stay at the casino, play until 8 a.m., drive straight there, go to sleep, sleep from eight till two, get up eat breakfast or whatever, lunch, dinner or whatever, and go back to the casino and play until we're exhausted again, then then uh, get our second night for one night's stay at a hotel. Oh, I do have a funny story. Unrelated. GPS. Don't trust GPS. Uh, uh, my favorite story is that, I, um, well, GPS has led me wrong a couple times where it's like, you're here at the casino and I'm in the middle of the open desert. Uh, the other one was a, a casino... Uh, I mapped it and everything, and GPS took me to a, a Kentucky Fried Chicken, and there was a big banner there that said, "You know, our double down sandwich was there." Whatever. You go. So I thought that's you know I'm a I'm a card counter, not a gambler. So I, I didn't eat the double down sandwich, uh, but it led me astray doing leaning on GPS. So it's like you know map it out ahead of time, uh, I, especially these crazy um, off the grid casinos on the reservations. That that reminds me, you know, and, and this is one place I don't even mind mentioning, but I was driving, uh, my wife and I one time, we flew from Seattle to Philadelphia. This was before there were casinos in Philadelphia. Um, but we drove to, um, New, uh, to Atlantic City, stayed there for like four days. I played casinos for four days. And then we drove back to Seattle. We spent like two weeks driving back and hit up casinos all along the way wow. well one of a part of our plan was to camp in yellowstone um so we're driving and we see a sign that says casino and we're thinking ah i'm sure it's not doesn't have blackjack and then we see another sign and and i think okay i just gotta ask so i pull over to a gas station and say hey that casino sign do they have blackjack there and she says oh yeah they do and so i talk my wife into driving a half hour out of the way to this place <laughs> We I want to hear that conversation. Um, well, whatever. She, she, I don't think she really cared. But we, <laughs> we drive there, and it's a freaking. It's like a gas station convenience store that says casino. And we go in there. Nice. We have to walk through uh, slot machines through a narrow hallway to get to the one pit of like four tables. Oh. And and it's uh it's two ladies. A, a guy with a huge cowboy hat that doesn't speak English, and then what? there's there's one spot open at the table. It's two hundred fifty dollar limits, and so I wait. I back count for a while, and I realize they're cutting off like less than a quarter deck on double deck. Oh man! And the rules are terrible, but with that with that penetration, it's it's still <clears throat> worth playing. So I jump in, and the whole time I'm asking the pit, "Can you raise the limits? Can you raise?" It? And they raise it to five hundred dollars. The guy with the cowboy hat next to me, he's betting $500 a hand. What? I'm going from oh, one yes. spot of $25 to three spots of $500. And uh, and there's a crowd of the employees that are on their break watching uh. my wife. And I have my wife counting down like how many cards they're cutting off. And she's saying... Uh, there were only twelve cards left that oh. round. There were there were fourteen this round. There were ten this round. You know, oh, um, man. and uh, so I play there for a couple hours, get some food, and I'm up about seven or eight thousand dollars. And then I decide, well, that's good enough. So I go to the cashier's cage, and the guy says, "I'm sorry, but we don't have that much money." <laughs> he said, "We have to go to our safe." 
And he said, it's going to be a while. So I go back to the table, lose all the money back, Uh, lose an additional several thousand dollars, uh, win it all back, get up about $8,000 and and cash out. Well, the whole time that people are saying to my wife, tell him he can, you can tell me he has to stop. You can tell him he has to be done. You know, uh, and she's saying, oh, no, it's okay. It's okay. I don't care. Whatever. We get our... uh, our fried chicken to go. Did they and, cut you a cashier's check or what was it? No, no, they went to the safe and got they more went money. To the safe. Yeah, and then and then they uh, you know, paid me out. We got our fried chicken and drove all the way to Yellowstone with one eye in the rearview mirror trying to make sure that no one was following us. Uh, but after that we had I know Ben went there. I've got a picture of him. The pit boss has a fly swatter in his pocket. Uh, um and I remember a couple other people from our team hitting it because it was just the middle of absolutely, you know, yeah. nowhere USA. Yeah. Man, I'd love to hit all those. <laughs> There's still time. I had a couple of casinos cut me a check because they didn't oh, have enough man. to pay me out. That scares me out. Cool. Well, we got to stop this uh, podcast episode of How to Plan a Successful Trip with Loudon Often. This is Colin from Blackjack Apprenticeship. And uh, if you haven't checked out our other podcasts, feel free, blackjackapprenticeship.com. Uh, just look under resources for podcasts. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks. Thanks.